What's up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of All Out War. I am Turner, and I'm in the studio with Rosie this week, and only Rosie, because Rachel's not with us, sadly. She couldn't make it with us this week. She had something personal going on. But Rosie, how you doing, man? I'm doing well. Yeah? Yeah. Good. I'm yeah. glad you're doing well. <laughs> doing good. <laughs> man, it, we were off for a week, and mm -hmm. uh, I got to tell you, man, I was uh, I was missing it. I, f I felt like our last episode was really good. Um, with Jackie talking about the NAR and her whole experience with um, that human trafficking thing. That was really cool. And um, if you haven't heard it, you should go back and listen to it. And in a little bit, we're going to introduce our guest and we're going to kind of tee off of that whole topic a little bit and um, continue to dive into that area. We haven't done some theological ones in a while. So this is, I think it kind of started back with the rapture episode and then, and then her and then, then this one. So it's good to get back into that it feels comfortable for me, you know, yeah. a little bit more comfortable for me than talking about aliens or Bigfoot or whatever. Mm. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so what do you know, man? Hey, did you know that there's almost 800,000 words in the Bible? Cool. Yeah. And none of them refer to God as a her. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> I could have told you that. No, I know. I just wanted to say it. Um, uh, but no. So, people uh this is another one i've been looking for these right because these are ones that people happen to remember which is very odd for me that people come up and they're like hey i remember that one did you know about the something something okay people like uh when other people kill animals apparently they like, like they, when other people <laughs> no, I, I said that the, <laughs> no but like the one where they hung a mouse or like you know, oh, right. you yeah. know all that stuff oh the okay. one with the the guy that was the prince yeah. or the king that was yeah he, he made the mice his army like soldiers or whatever i don't remember that but anyway it, okay yeah i can't even remember them there's right. so many but yeah. anyways so here's another one of uh, a monkey thing so <laughs> uh it said during the napoleonic wars of the 19th century a shipwrecked a shipwrecked monkey was hanged by the people of hartlepool <laughs> believing him to be a french spy so this was a town in England card called Hardo Hardopool. Yeah. So here, listen to this. A French ship was spotted floundering and sinking off the Hardopool coast. Suspicious of enemy ships and nervous of pos possible invasion, the good folks of Hardopool rushed down to the beach, where amongst the sh wreckage of the ship they found the only survivor, the ship's monkey, who was apparently dressed in a miniature military-style <laughs> uniform. That's classic. Yeah, so it says... Was uh, it like Napoleon? He had like his one hand in his jacket? No, yeah. But it, <laughs> uh, so it says, uh, Hartlepool is a long way from France. Yeah, okay. And most of the populace had never met or even seen a Frenchman. <laughs> so <it said laughs> they thought a French was yeah, a monkey. Yeah, so it says, some satirical cartoons of the time pictured the French as monkey-like creatures with tails and claws. So perhaps the locals could be forgiving, uh, could be forgiven for deciding that the monkey in its uniform must be a Frenchman. And they also thought like they, they thought uh, he was a spy too. It said there was a trial <laughs> to ascertain whether the monkey was guilty of spying or not. And it says not sir. <laughs> However, not unsurprisingly, the monkey wasn't wasn't able to answer any of the court's <laughs> questions and so he was found guilty and then the townsfolk drug him out to the town square and hug him 
Yeah. Uh, we're gonna Peter's gonna hate us. Good. <laughs> yeah, no, right? Yeah. So that's the uh yeah, so they they thought a monkey was a French, French spy because he was in on a ship and uh probably the captain was like got he got him at like some you know, he was probably like in South Africa or someplace, you know, he and came back this way and uh, he was like, I got a pet monkey, I'm gonna I'm gonna have him like dressed up like yeah. a soldier. <laughs> Literally know it was gonna be his death. Yeah. Where was the parrot? <laughs> yeah, it flew away, dude. It flew, it's like it's not gonna. He's like, all right, I'm gonna head out. Yeah, <laughs> gone. Oh man, that so, was yeah. a good one. I like yeah, that one. There you go. That was good. I like that one. That People cool. requested more animal stories. Yeah. Hey, I've got a little a little good news here. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> speaking of monkeys in Africa, uh, last week. <laughs> All right. Last week on Chartable, we were oh. 18, ranked 18th in all of Uganda's podcasts for social, so society and culture, on that in that realm. So eight, we we ranked number 18 podcast, most listened podcast for that week. We beat Oprah, mm-hmm. which is crazy. And then I checked it again, and we dropped like 47 slots. So. Oh. <laughs> I don't know how we did so good in Uganda. I didn't even know where Uganda was on the map. I had to I had to look for it. It's in Central Africa, Central sort of Southern, just below the middle. Yeah. Um, but yeah. So um, hey, in Uganda, we love you. Thank you. Yes. Thanks for the love that you gave us. Mm-hmm. If you, I don't know why you like us, but I'm glad you like us. So, <laughs> so that was kind of cool. Yeah. That's the highest we've ever. Uh, in a, in a in a podcast that's the highest we've ever ranked not that I can't, it matters but you know i just thought it was kind of cool yeah that's cool so um yeah anyways so we got a great guest we got our friend john brisson back he's going to we're going to talk about some really cool stuff tonight so what i always say is sit back grab a coffee and enjoy You're listening to the All Out War podcast. <laughs> uh, we are back, and we got John Brisson with. What's up, John? How you doing, man? Doing well. I'm glad to be back, brothers, mm. fellow brothers in Christ. I'm glad to be back on the All Out War podcast, Rosie and Turner. It's been a while, been yeah, a while, man, but so- I'm, I'm 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 pumped. I'm excited. I'm here. <laughs> I know, yeah. dude. It, it's been cool. We've been, uh, you and I have been able to catch up a little bit on the phone here and there over the last couple months, and uh, you've been super busy. I saw that you put a tweet out this morning that said uh, you were quoting James, and you were like, uh, Lord, please help me control my tongue. And so I was like, he needs to come on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my pastor was giving the sermon about the poison tongue in James. Uh, you know, it's actually a really great sermon. I mean, he was even, you know, self-reflecting and talking about his own issues with being quick to anger. As you know, James mentions too, to be slow to anger, quick to listen. Yeah. Uh, you know, so it, it's, it's difficult, man. That's one of my uh, uh, issues, you know, me, uh, 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 r- r- you know, wrestling with the flesh uh, is, is anger. Um, and, mm. uh, you know, through sanctification of, of Christ uh, drawing me back, God drawing me back, uh, um, you know, back into true biblical Christianity from allowing me to be in the heretic wasteland of Gnosticism for many years <laughs> in my young adulthood. 
um, so that I can learn and, and, and hopefully I hope that's the reason God is so I can, <laughs> I can learn about it and speak against why it is radical now. Um, but you know, I, 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 through sanctification, I have noticed, um, that, that my anger has lessened mm. and I, you know, and I, and, and, and I, I do, I still feel it and I still succumb to it from time to time. You know, I get irritated. I, you know, get cranky. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's pretty much what people, you know, uh, mention me as is I'm, I'm cranky, you know, and, and, uh, I'm trying to do my best, um, to be aware of that. But as James said, you know, not one man can tame the poison tongue. Uh, it's only God, the father through the Holy spirit, uh, that is, you know, puts that impression on my heart that maybe you shouldn't be so angry. Maybe you shouldn't say those things. You know, maybe (laughs) you should be patient and long suffering because Lord knows that I don't have it, you know, and all glory to him. Yeah. Yeah. That's true, man. My kids used to tell me that I had angry eyes, I'd get the scowl look, you know, and uh, my wife did too. They'd say, dad, why do you have angry eyes? And I would just be in thought about something, you know, and Mm -hmm. uh, man, yeah, it is a process though. I, I have resting, um, (laughs) I know, RBC, jerk, jerk face. Yeah. RBF. Yeah. So I get that too. I always kind of look like I'm angry. Yeah. A lot of introverts have that. Yeah. Cause they're just taking stuff in and, Mm -hmm. and, and a lot of introverts are, complete no i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah. uh, i mean i'm an introvert myself so uh if, if, we're, if we're gonna go if we're gonna go into uh the mbti which is uh, there's an i do believe there's some truth in it but i do believe there's an issue and the enneagram's even worse in my opinion but oh, if we're gonna yeah. label uh me as an intp yes i am my anger is like a phoenix and mm. that it's very bright and very like and then within if you leave me alone for like 10 minutes you know i come back and i'm like oh yeah maybe i shouldn't have been a dick <laughs> you know and and, uh, and and i'm sorry and i feel bad about it um but you know it, it, it's it, well i guess interesting aside first clement uh the apostolic father he actually mentioned uh, uh, uh phoenix in first clement uh right. he talked about i just find that interesting that he just he talked about a, a mythological bird uh, in First Clement, uh, which almost made the the, the uh, uh, canonization of the New Testament. Really, um, First Clement almost did. Yeah, it was one of the books where they were considering. Um, and actually, they, uh, they they were discussion about uh, taking out. There's two. There's two books that they really had a major discussion over taking out. And the first was the Epistle of Jude, uh, and the second was the Book of Revelation. Mm-hmm. Imagine the Book of Revelation did not make. <laughs> The canon of the Bible. Where will we be? Well, there'd be you a know? lot less division in the church today. <laughs> <laughs> we wouldn't be arguing about eschatology. That's yeah. right. Much. Yeah. You know. But that's a great lead-in because, uh, you know, that's a perfect lead-in, John. You set that up great, and I appreciate that. Also, I just want to introduce you to our guests. If you're new to the podcast, like if you're in Uganda, for instance, listening right now, John, it you has throw him right under the bus. There are. They're our best. They're our, our highest listened audience right now. Yeah, don't so throw them under the bus. America, they've get, been listening for a while. They know John. They know John. <laughs> so if you're not in Uganda, that's right. That's right. Well, John has. We've read the documents YouTube channel, and now, and he also has uh, dudes talking, and then he also has what's the shed one that you started doing recently? Oh yeah, because as you guys can see, I have this plastic up here everywhere, yeah. uh, which is just vapor barrier because I have an outdoor shed that's an office. 
And so people would be like, you got to kill shit out there. And <laughs> a joke, you know, that I was a serial killer and I was laid down. <laughs> There's no plastic on the floor, as you guys can see. All right. So everybody just made a joke and ran with it. So me and Billy Ray Valentine from the Infinite Fringe, another fellow brother in Christ. Um, you know, I, I, we decided to do a show together. Um, and, you know, Billy is and I believe as far as Christianity might differ a little bit, but I mean, he is, as far as the tenets of believing, believing in the resurrection and praying directly and only to God and yeah. everything like it, it's, 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 you know, differences that we have that aren't, you know, from those core tenets and, you know, like our discussion, you know, tonight and everything, um, look, there are certain core tenets as Christians you have to believe in, mm-hmm. you know, like, you know, you're all belief in God, the father is being the only God and, you know, Jesus Christ, the son and the Trinity and, and, uh, and, and, um, the, um, death and resurrection of Christ and, and repenting, uh, and, and building a personal, personal relationship with Jesus Christ. You know, those things are core tenets of, of, of Christianity. Uh, now other discussions about eschatology, uh, or whatever, or, you know, the spiritual gifts, you know, you, you people can have different beliefs about those, but that, you know, just because someone has a different belief in that regard doesn't make them a heretic, right? You know, or right. or not or a non-believer. We have to remember that sometimes because sometimes when people I come in contact with preterists, I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> you guys are completely wrong. What are you talking about? <laughs> you know. Uh, so, but but then I got to take 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 a step back for a minute. I'm like, yeah, this person's not going to burn in hell because they're a preterist. You know, like right. I, gotta I mean, they're clank out of my own eye. They, you know, they can be wrong and and not go to hell. <laughs> but they're still wrong. Yeah, yeah they're still wrong. Right. But, yeah. um, so it, 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 it's tough. And uh, you guys had uh, Jackie White on in the last episode giving her testimony about being part of the New Apostolic Reformation. And, and she was right when there's many people that go to NAR churches and sadly they are not saved. Yeah. Uh, they may believe that they are, but they're not. And you could say that about any of the churches. You could say that about, you know, Catholicism and their adoration of Mary or Orthodox churches and, or even, you know, many, uh, um, Protestant churches too, Mm -hmm. as well. Uh, you know, and so it, it, it becomes a problem. Um, because even though it does, one of the epistles of, of Paul, I can't remember which one, Paul actually says that there are people that God can use bad teaching to save people. Mm-hmm. And we should rejoice that those people were saved. But at the same time, we are, we're called to speak out against those false teachers as well yeah. too, and reprove them. Yeah. So it's kind of like if someone's saved in false teaching, we're supposed to rejoice because that person was saved, even though that they were giving bad teaching. Yeah. But at the same time, we are supposed to call out those bad teachers. Paul White, for example, in AR, you know, who, decided to go speak to the Unification Church's Rally of Hope and talk about how, you know, the Unification Church, which, again, Reverend Sung Mo Moon denies, uh, you know, Jesus as the Son of God and yeah. said he failed his mission because he was killed and that he is the one who's continuing his mission and actually have a belief, too, that Satan will be redeemed in the final days oh, wow. um, and, and will not uh, spend an eternity in, in, in the lake of fire. So that's just, that's just, it's, it's, it's complete heresy. So Paula White goes over there and she's all like praising, you know, Mother Moon because Reverend Sung Mung Moon is deceased, you know, and, and uh, even talking about, go as far as talking about false teaching in her sermon, but she's a false teacher. Right. 
and the Unification Church is a false church. And I'm just sitting here, I'm like, what's going on here? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah. It, I, I see. It's the same thing I see, um, I guess, uh, one of, I guess the new, the Pope, uh, what is it, Pope? Uh, is Who it, cares? Is it Pope, Pope <laughs> Benedict right now? Is it Benedict? Yeah. Is that it? Yeah, yeah. He's getting ready to do this uh, prayer. You know, it's a it's an, uh, a prayer with, he invited like Muslims and all these other religions up to do this prayer at a, at a, at a, Uyghur, at a, uh, what is it called? A Ugarit when, where they, uh, they build like in a, Babylon. Yeah. In Babylon. And so he's, <laughs> he's going to have a prayer time with a bunch of pagans and false religions, uh, and lead it as like, it's okay. And it's mm-hmm. like, I guess he's trying to say at some level, you know, we're all headed, you know, we're all on the same path or something like that, you know, or universalism. Yeah. I mean, it is, it, it, he's literally broadcasting that to the, to the masses, if you well, think about it, the Catholic Church has done that quite a few times. Like mm-hmm. these kind of Muslims and them praying mm-hmm. together. Yeah, yeah, I can't remember. So with that, yeah. I mean, that's a totally different discussion. But yeah, it, you know, if it is the beast system of the beast church coming about, uh, he's doing a pretty good job. At, <laughs> he's either doing a pretty good job at really leading a lot of people astray, or he's doing a really good job of following uh, Satan and uh, <laughs> and and bringing about some things that we read about in Revelation, you know? Yeah, I mean, I'm also looking at a counterpoint to that, and that I always thought that that specific version of the Catholic Church, because we're taught in conspiracy culture, (laughs) that the whole, uh, you know, socialist, communist, Catholic Church is going to be the one that ends up, you know, being the false church, that ends up, you know, the beast, the harlot type thing. We're actually now, because of John from E511 Ministries and um, Mike from On Point Preparedness, I'm looking at it a little differently that it could actually be um, Archbishop Magano and him appearing to be the correct, uh, you know, Catholic Pope, the true Pope, the anti-Pope of one, you know, you know, talking yeah. about the issues with the current Catholic Church and the issues with um, Pope Francis. Um, and, and also the issues with the world order too, as well, and directly calling out, yeah. you know, the great reset and the world order and everything. However, he's using terminology like the great awakening. He's using terminology yeah. like love and light, but not love and light in the way that, you know, Jesus is the light of the world. Um, but kind of like an esoteric love and light. Mm. Um, and so because of that, and also whom he chooses to yoke himself with, which is a lot of these QAnon pushers, um, Rabbi Khan. Uh, you know, and everything. So it appears to me that if, let's say, Pope Francis had to step down in some sort of worldwide scandal where, you know, the, the eels of the Catholic Church is brought to light and Vagano replaces him, how many people are going to rejoice because now the Catholic Church has returned? It's like Catholicism, wow, yeah. under the movie Dogma, where now it's cool, now it's hip, now the true Catholic Church is here, but we still have all the issues of the Catholic Church and the veneration of Mary among many other things, you know, and now they're going to be like the Catholic church is really fighting against the world order. And in right. my opinion, that would be the true beast in the harlot. Well, there's a ton of really faithful Catholics that are great, you know, great people that do not like the current Pope. They are just frustrated. They feel like, man, this is, they don't understand it. They're very frustrated. And, you know, it in their traditions, you can't, really speak out too much about it, you know, publicly or whatever, yeah. because it's the yeah. Pope. He's, you know, uh, infallible, you know, or whatever. 
I was going to say that's interesting because uh, I know Vagana, uh, just I have a lot of Catholic friends, and uh, he's like pretty conservative. He's like the, is that what you're getting at? He's like the rad trad, like they like him, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. That's Rosie. And he yokes with Bannon, and Bannon is not a Christian. He he larps as a Catholic, uh, but he he, <laughs> he he reads the, you know, and, and believes like the esotericism. Oh, he likes like um, Dugan like Rene and Guinan. stuff. Yeah. Yeah, Dugan and Renee going on and everything, and mm-hmm. and Bannon is platform boosting Pagano out to the world. You know, Archbishop Pagano was also part of this. Um, I covered it this Jericho march, mm-hmm. which again was a combination of universalism within the Christian Church. Not that I hope, not that I don't hope and pray that the, the Christian Church unifies again under some sort of apostolic church. Don't get me wrong; we would all like that, right? Mm-hmm. All of us to come together. In true belief, uh, you know, and worship of Jesus Christ and God the Father, but not in the way where they're literally having, like, they're having Catholics there with, you know, giant um, icons right. uh, and venerating Mary at this Jericho mark with all these Protestants in the audience. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, what's going on here? You know, I mean, and I'm not, it's not to say that I haven't met true Bible-believing Catholics and true Bible-believing Orthodox, there are remnants, like some people say they're not, but I do believe there are remnants that God has saved in those churches, just like the New Apostolic Reformation. They might be getting bad theology, but it was judged by what's in their hearts, what's written in their hearts and their faith and stuff like that. And the theology can be corrected because most of the time God pulls them out of those, you know, false teaching and puts them into a more correct teaching, you know, theology church. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to say like, whenever, um, like I, I just love John MacArthur and like, he, I remember he was talking cause he gives so many sermons all the time, just like railing against the, the Catholicism so much. And I, I can't remember. He was listening. He was given some really good sermon and, or it was some question. I don't know, but someone asked him basically, they're like, why do you care? Like specifically, like you go, like you rail against the Catholic Church, like way more than other Protestant, like especially on the level that he, you know, like yeah, big name. And he was like, because fifty percent of my church is made up of former Catholics, mm-hmm. and uh, but yeah, and he just said it like this one thing that I don't think many of my Catholic friends listen to this podcast anyway, so they don't they won't hear it. Um, <laughs> but it, he said something. He's like, yeah, like people can get saved in the Catholic Church regardless of. The Catholicism, like the Catholic teaching. Yeah. yeah. I just always remember that, that, yeah, it can happen in any teaching. You know. Yeah. That's like what John was saying. It's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul, Paul says, some preach out of selfish gain, some preach out of selfish motive or whatever, and others preach out of pure motives. And he goes, but nonetheless, God still saves, you know? Yeah. And uh, that's that's the, the glory of God. And that's really the mystery of how he's so gracious, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and it also tells you how much how little it has to do with us. <laughs> yeah. You know, uh, I mean, a great presentation of the gospel, um, giving God something to work with, should I say, you know, uh, it is always good, you know, but, um, but anyways, yeah. So when, when we had Jackie on, I, I want to kind of pivot into a different direction for a second. We were kind of talking about, um, we were talking about how, one of the tenets of the NAR church is this dominionism. And I know, John, you have a lot of information and knowledge about that. Um, and I want to 
talk about that a little bit, and then I want to key off of that onto a misunderstanding of what I believe is of the kingdom of God. So, John, why don't you start for a second and just share a little bit about dominionism for our listeners that don't that aren't familiar with it, and you know the seven mountain, you know whole, that whole kind of realm. Okay, so um, seven mountain, the seven mountain mandate and, and dominionism came out of kind of like the hyper charismatic Pentecostal. Uh, what eventually became, you know, the New Apostolic Reformation, um, and 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 and, 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 and you mentioned C. Peter Wagner, who is known as the father of the New Apostolic Reformation, yeah. um, and, and he, he was a big part of Chara, uh, Charismatic Mag, the magazine uh, that they put out, um, and you know he denies that he's the father of it, but technically he is. <laughs> um, so they kind of pervert Genesis one twenty eight. Uh, which is, and God blessed them, and God said unto them, Be fruitful, multiply, and replenish the earth, and subdue, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the fowl of the air, and over every living thing that moveth upon the earth. Which pretty much, you know, means that man has dominion over animals, okay? Anything that moves over the earth, we have dominion. Um, you know, and it, it, it's taught through the Bible where, you know, like Jesus said, you know, does not God, and I'm paraphrasing, does not God take care of the sparrows, mm-hmm. the littlest sparrows? You know, you don't think God's not going to take care of you? Um, you know, so, and we see in modern days with the new age, with scientism, they invert, you know, Satan always inverts everything, right? Mm-hmm. So you have, you know, people putting animals above humans, okay? Reversing the dominion that God had given us over the earth. And it doesn't mean that we're bad stewards to animals or we treat them you know, horribly, or we treat the earth horribly and we can go do whatever we want to the earth, you know, blow it up and pollute it all to hell and anything like that. No, it doesn't, that's not what it means, but it means that pretty much it means that we have control over what lives on the earth and we are above what lives on the earth. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah. So the people from the seven mountains dominionists, they took it where it means that us as Christians, we have control over the entire earth and we are supposed to bring the kingdom of God down to earth ourselves. Not that Jesus is supposed to do it when he returns. Okay. As you know, divine ruler and right to right and rightful King, you know, sitteth on the right hand of the father as prince. Okay. No, 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 no. It's not Jesus. It's us. Mm -hmm. We have to be the ones to make earth, good for lack of a better word so that Jesus will return even though the book of Revelation says that it's going to get a lot worse before it ever gets better and right. it almost reminds me of um, the beliefs of Zabbatai Zevi um, and yeah. Sabbateanism in that yeah. you know they, they, they kind of had a different look at it but it's still that same you know let's bring the Messiah down mm-hmm. where we're going to sin as much as we possibly can and make the world so such a bad place that the Messiah will have to return. Yeah. Okay. Now granted seven mountains dominion is a little better that we should transform society and make it better so that Jesus can return. It's still a wrong interpretation. They're both wrong right. is what I'm getting at. Okay. Because we don't have like complete dominion over the earth. All right. We are not little gods. Okay. Mm-hmm. God, the father and Jesus Christ have complete control over over everything. Now, I understand that during this time period, however, Satan has full reign on the earth as prince of the earth, okay? But ultimately, God is in control yeah. of everything. 
Um, and, and so the seven mountains of what we're supposed to take back, okay, is education system, is religion, is the family, is business, is the government and military, which completely negates Romans, by the way. Right. Uh, arts and entertainment and media, okay? Now, granted, should Christians, you know, do what they can to assert control in each of these quote-unquote mountains to the best of their ability to, you know, spread the good news. And, and, and yes, I mean, we should, you know, you know, family should be very vital to, you know, to, to, to Christians. Um, media should, in arts entertainment should be very vital to Christians. Of course, most of the arts and entertainment that comes out of Christianity, a lot of it gets pushed by the council for national policy and, 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 and seven mountain dominionist, you know, NAR theology, you yeah. know, that's why you get God's not dead, which, there's kind of some theological holes in that movie. Yeah. <laughs> all right. To some degree. All right. So, you know, it, it's, it's, that's what you end up getting. So that's, a, that's my biggest issue. I guess the solo seven mountains, man, mandate or seven mountains dominionism is we're all flawed. We're all human. We can't make a place for Jesus because we are all flawed. Yeah. It's impossible. Only Jesus can. Only God the Father can. That's what happens in the book of Revelation. We're not helping God. Our our works are like dirty rags. Yeah. Okay? So how 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 full of ourselves that we believe that we can do all these great things and all these great works? And I'm not saying that we're supposed to, you know, some Christians kind of become Christian nihilists and that they like, well, you know, my only thoughts are of the future kingdom and me being up in heaven. So because of that, um, you know, I'm not, let I'm going to neglect my brothers. Yeah. yeah, I'm going to neglect my brothers here on earth and not do good works and not sanctify and glorify God. I'm not saying that at all. We should be. We should be helping our communities. We should be, you know, the churches, local churches should be running food banks and, 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 and you know, helping out the community the best that they can. Uh, and doing service, you know, acts of service and spreading the good news. Like, I'm not saying that we shouldn't do that. But what I'm saying is, is we, we should be on a micro scale. It, it was always supposed to be on a micro scale. That's all it was always supposed to be. It wasn't supposed to be on a major micro, macro scale that encompasses the earth. Because right. the farther you go up, the more corrupting things get. Mm-hmm. The early churches were very small churches of groups of people that people would meet in domiciles. Okay, it never was supposed to be these mega churches. It never was supposed to be the Catholic Church, the way the Catholic Church is now. Because once you reach that point, the the sin nature of man takes mm-hmm. over. We can never build Christ's kingdom here on earth. Right. We can't do it. So yeah, let me interject there because you you touched on a couple key things that are really important that a lot of people miss out on. When Jesus specifically spoke of the kingdom, he said, "The kingdom of God is within you." which is an important aspect to understand that, and this is how we, this is like living out our faith for our brothers and sisters, like taking care of one another, the acts of service. That's from the kingdom of God inside, ruling in my heart, a changed heart. I have a heart of flesh from a heart of stone. The Holy Spirit is now made, you know, he's indwelling. And so now I have the sanctuary of God within me. Uh, His presence is there. So I have conviction, I have leading, you know, all of those things that he talks about in the in the Gospel of John that the role of the Holy Spirit's going to do. But even more than that, 
we know that when you read about the thousand-year reign, it's going to descend from heaven and come down, and, and it's going to be the city of Jerusalem, where he's going to sit on his throne, is going to be finished. And then he's going to go about ruling the rest of the earth when it happens. Now, there is some mixture of theology there that I think they have some things good and some things that are scary. One of the things that a lot of people don't, that I've come to understand about uh, the time in the millennial reign for believers, well, you know, say it happens in 100 years from now and I'll, I'll be dead. Um, you guys might still be alive, but I'll, I know I'll be dead. Um, but uh, what if you know, I'm resurrected and I'm, I get to serve in that millennial reign serving Christ? And th- there's scripture verses that specifically talk about rewards for faithful servants here. And some will be given 10 cities, some will be given, you know, 100 cities to rule with Christ. So we're co-regent with him. That is the dominion time where Christians actually get to exercise authority on the earth during the reign. Yeah. I was just going to say, <clears throat> this just popped in my head. It's almost like the, well, it's like um, when Paul talks about, you know, uh is it Ephesians where we fight? Um, not a, it, it, just follow me on this one, all right? All right, all right. <laughs> um, where he talks about we we fight against uh, you know the spiritual nature that we fight against uh, powers and principalities and things like that. Yep. And so it's almost like the reversal of like right now when Satan is in control. Uh, so you know God has allowed him to be prince and he's in yeah. control of the world. This is under right now under you know. I'm trying. I'm trying to not make it sound heretical. Yeah, but we everyone knows I'm not. Um, so he like right now he is appointed like the prince of Persia was a spiritual principality, being, a, a yeah. principality that was ruling over that thing. And we we talked about you know like over DC. There's a lot of evidence that the you know there is probably some sort of principality mm-hmm. that is over DC that is. Cr- mm-hmm obviously evil (laughs) right we'll say that it's not a good thing and so what you're talking about there is it just clicked in my head it's not only that it's going to be a reversal of that like we will be like overseeing areas and stuff like that i I just wanted to make it was just that connection of like not only is it's just even more deeper reversal of how things are right now right because there's evil principalities over it and obviously someone that I think you would have to earn it. Like Jesus knows who's he's going to dole out yeah. and can do that. But yeah. it was just, it, that just hit me that it's like reversal, even on a scale in a spiritual way as well. And this is the faithfulness with little, you could be faithful with much. You can be yeah. trusted with much. You know, if I can trust you with a little and you'll be faithful with that, then I can trust you with more is that's that principle, you know, that Jesus talked about. Um, I think that would be, a good example of how it could play out in the millennial reign. But what's even better than that is that Satan is bound for that thousand years. And so when you think about it, like he's definitely not bound right now, right? He's doing, he's doing his stuff, you know, and we can, we have authority because of Christ, uh, over spiritual darkness. Um, but that authority is not, it, that, that, that authority does not supersede God's sovereignty. (laughs) yeah so let me let me explain my thought here in the book of job satan approaches the throne of god and gets permission to go after job and so when he goes after job he can only do so much in other words he's on a leash that he's still he's still god's devil you know what i mean like he he can do so much 
uh, but he can't do whatever he wants. He's still bound in certain ways. Like he couldn't kill Job. He couldn't kill Job. Exactly. That was the one thing. He says, you can do anything, just don't take his life, you know? So he did all the inflictions on him. But so when you think about how we have authority on earth from Christ, it's been given to us because the Great Commission speaks of it when Jesus, before he ascended up into heaven. And then we were equipped by the Holy Spirit in Acts chapter 2 when the church was born. Um, it was empowered by the Holy Spirit to actually live out that those things and see those things happen, um, which I still believe are active for today. I still believe that, you know, the church is, uh, has authority over darkness. But there's if I, if I rebuke Satan over a certain thing, but it's God's sovereignty over a certain thing that it's supposed to happen, even though I'm praying against it, God's will is going to be done, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know? It's yeah, not, yeah. I, does that I make mean, sense? We don't, yeah, we don't, I mean, we don't directly use our own power to re, to rebuke the, the, the principalities and Satan directly. It all comes from God, right? Right. When we pray to rebuke Satan or to rebuke evil, whether it's demons or spirits or whatever, you know, we're praying to God for God to do the work. We don't do the work. Right. God does the work. Yeah. Um, and also to go back to, to Rosie's point, and that I remember in Isaiah, God, God said, um, uh, you know, I, I, I formed light. I created darkness. Um, I cause well-being and I create calamity. I'm the Lord who does all these things. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, you know, people forget, um, like you mentioned, like, you know, God created Satan. God has control. God ultimately has control of everything. Therefore he has control of Satan. Now, granted, you know, God also turns away from sin and wickedness too, as well. Like God, you know, can't look, you know, look upon uh, sin in that regard. Um, but it, you know, it's kind of then you get into the free will argument of okay, so why does evil exist? You know, why 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 does Satan exist? Why does a benevolent God allow Satan to exist? And blah blah blah. And I know we're not going to get into that deep the theolog- theological discussion right now. Um, <laughs> yeah. But but you know it's. a lot of the dominionism ends up boiling down to it's what we want. Right. It's, and, 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 and yes, you know, God would, would want nothing more. I'd hope anyway. And I'm not trying to speak for God, but just based off of, you know, the Bible and history, I would assume that God would want us to earnestly turn to him and to, you know, improve the things that are part of those seven mountains. Right. Okay. Like, you know, return back more to a nuclear family structure. You know, a man should leave his house and marry to one woman, and they should, you know, and 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 and, and you know, improve society based on you know our Christian beliefs. But it's not something that we should force, and it's not something that we should decree and declare and take command of and say we're doing this for Christ because God can't do it. Mm-hmm. Right, it's, right. It's, it's silly. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, like, I agree. I think, I think Christians should be in all of those areas. You know, I think we should be in government. I think we should be in education. I think we should be in arts and entertainment, you know, in the public life. I think that would be great. I think that would be fantastic if they would be in all of those areas. Uh, you know, especially when we're awarded those opportunities in this nation in particular. But what about the Christian that's in China? They don't have that opportunity. So what are they going to do? Nah. They're going to pray and rebuke the government, right? Yeah, okay. <laughs> Why is it still existing then? There, there's probably 300 million, or maybe 500 million, uh, you know, Christians in China. 
That's more than the population of the United States. Mm-hmm. Then they're they're all praying. They're all praying to be set free, to be able to to be able to worship freely. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a great desire of their of the church. But they live under persecution. Um, so are they just? Do they not have enough faith? What is it? You know, it's called God's and that, sovereignty. And that's what they, they are. People push, don't they? Right. They don't have enough faith. They can't decree and declare. They can't make it themselves. Right. And it becomes, you know, the, the God is love, but God is also divine, you know, retribution and vengeance too as well, right? But from a righteous standpoint of vengeance, okay? So, you know, in the New Apostolic Reformation, it's you're a Christian, you'll never suffer. Mm-hmm. Right. And, or if you're suffering, it's because of blockages or something that you have done. Not to say that Christians can't be demonized by spirits. They, they can be. Now, you can't be possessed by spirits. The Holy Spirit dwells within you. But we can't be tempted by Satan. We can't be tempted by demons. We can't be demonized by spirits that are not from God because you have the spirits that come from God that are discussed in the Bible. Yeah. And, you, and there are the spirits that don't come from God. Um, so, you know, that that that's where it all boils down to is is... is do those people in China, is it because they lack the faith? Is it because, like you mentioned, is it, or, I mean, if you read Romans, all authority, whether we agree with it or not, from a governmental standpoint, comes from God. Mm, yeah. As much as I despise Joseph Biden, I pray for him. Mm-hmm. And is Joseph Biden punishment? Oh, you mean like judgment from God on our country? Yes. Yeah. Yes. I mean, well, very possibly could be. Um, you know, but think about this, John. There's been the church has been actively praying against abortion for gosh, forty years. Hmm. I mean, actively. Like there's been great remnants of the church that have been in the fight in prayer, but yet it still exists. So are they in secret sin? Are they is there Faith week? No, it's, these are the things that, like what you were talking about, Rosie, where, like, this is Satan's dominion. Like, this is his area right now. And God's going to make everything right in its time. It's just in his time, you know, when it'll be made right. But we still should pray for the end of evil. We should still pray against those things because it's the right thing to do. And and it's honorable to God to stand up for righteousness. I mean, the, the Psalms say, you know, go rescue the one being led astray or led to its death who cannot help itself, you know, help themselves. And, you know, that's literally a great verse for abortion because you, you got to rescue them because they don't have, they can't defend themselves, you know, an innocent baby. But I don't want to get off on track again, you know. Well, I was going to say like a, a, a kind of an analogy to it. Um, <clears throat> I was thinking much in the way of like, um, I don't know. I was thinking like this, the lackadaisical attitude that, uh, I, I mean, I go through, I think every Christian goes through where, yeah. uh, like if, if, if I'm weak enough in my sin and I give into something, you know, or it, maybe not in a particular one. Cause if I'm feeling bad about it and it kind of negates the thing, but like this attitude where some Christians can be saved and they're like, well, I'm going to sin. Like, right. I might as well like, not struggle against porn, you know, like I'm always probably going to watch porn. It's something I'm going to struggle with. I might as well give into it. And like, I'm going to be covered because like God's God's good, kind of forgive me. And so like you can kind of, but it's kind of like in that same way of like that, 
we still have to struggle against like the, those kind of things in our own life to like, even though it's a, a losing battle on our own, like we're never going to conquer sin. We can't conquer right. sin by ourselves. We're always going to be tempted in a fleshly body. Like, yeah. It's just going to happen. But we still are called to struggle against it and fight against it. Yeah. Much in the same way as like, we don't just give up because we're like, oh, abortion's probably not going to end in my lifetime. I, I'm not going to. You know, I'm just saying, like, we don't just say, like, well, you know, did, did we're not going to pray about it. Right. Yeah. Like, we're st we sh you're still supposed to go out there and, like, you know, pray do, against it or, you know, the work. volunteer, at, you know, like, yeah. this stuff. Like, it shouldn't be a defeatist thing. I think we're very clear to say we're not like that either. Right. Like, we're no. not to just throw up our hands and kind of, like, you know, the Benedictine option from that thing where we just totally close ourselves off and from the, you know, the world and say, we're going to go, you know, completely out and like, screw all you guys, right. you know, like isolate you, out. you go burn and, you know, like, and all this stuff. We're, we're not talking Become about Amish. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> or the Aseans from, uh, oh, yeah. 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 I, I mean, I mean, yeah. I, I mean, I, I, that's why I get upset about the Council for national policy because they're supposed to represent us and they're supposed to be in the fight against abortion. And I'm not saying that, some of the, you know, just because someone's in the CMP, they're evil. There's probably many people in there that are misguided that don't know what the top does um, that are against abortion, like all of us here, right? And they mm -hmm. do try to advocate against it, and they do try to, you know, pray for people and help, you know, uh, people who, who are giving other options instead of abortion, uh, you know. And, and, and I'm not going to say that we shouldn't do those things either because, and I agree with you because we, I, we should be Christian nihilists, like I mentioned earlier, and just yeah. be like, well, you know, I, I, we're not, you know, we're, we are supposed to be here. Our good works are supposed to, to be a reflection of our faith in God the Father and Jesus Christ. And yeah. we're supposed to emulate Jesus. We're supposed to love our neighbors as our as ourselves, you know, and, and, and so we're supposed to do good works. It's not a gospel of works, as the Catholics would believe. It's a gospel of faith and faith alone. However, someone who truly is in the faith should manifest good fruit. They should manifest good work. That's how you should be able to judge someone. Yeah. And not to say that we're perfect at it. Mm -hmm. Lord knows we're not. We all struggle. And you're right, Rosie. It shouldn't be like, well, I'm going to fall to the flesh, so I might as well sin. You know, no. If, if someone is truly trying to live by the, you know, the teachings of Jesus Christ, and trying to, to live by their faith in God the Father is a constant struggle. People really think, because we're Christians, that we don't sin, that we don't fall to the flesh, that we are perfect. And there was not not one person is good. Not one. Not yeah. one. Not one person. The only person that was able to ever, ever reach that, you know, was, 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 was and I know, Jesus isn't a person, but God in the flesh right. uh, w w was Jesus Christ. That was the only person that could ever um, reach that. Now, and it's, again, that's not an excuse for you to be like, well, I can't be like Jesus, therefore I should give up and, you know, you know, not do any sanctification, not, you know, repent. You know, a lot of people say, well, you Christians, you know, you just, you, rep you repent and everything's all good and everything like that. Well, to a true Christian, it's more than just repenting. It's trying to not commit the same act and sin again. Yeah. Not that we won't. We just do our best to try to not to and, and, and try to live earnestly for God. And 
and a lot of, and, and now they'll say there will be people though. There will be Christians that are in active rebellion that are, you know, that are, that, that are, that some of them can even be antagonized by the spirit of rebellion. And in doing so, um, you know, we'll, we'll, we'll live boldly in their sin as Martin Luther would say. Right. And mm. I disagree with Martin Luther on that. Cause I can, I can, I can, I can argue that I could be dangerous. I knew what he was getting at, but I think if you, you know, wear your sins on your sleeve and be proud of them, you know, even though he says, you know, we should be proud of them because we are saved by the blood. I understand that. But at the same time, pride is a sin. Mm-hmm. You have to be careful with that, you know? And so it is a lifelong struggle for a Christian against Satan, against our own flesh, against the world. Um, and, um, and uh, we will go through hardships. Jesus said it will rain on the just and the unjust equally. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and this false gospel of that, because you are Christian, because you are, you're part of the remnant, because, um, you have been chosen that you would never have any hardships in your entire life and everything will be given to you. Like God is a genie is a lie from Satan is a lie from hell. The false gospel. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you may, you reminded me of a great verse, John, when you were just talking, uh, first Peter chapter two, uh, verse 24. He himself bore our sins in his body on a tree so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Mm-hmm. By his wounds you have been healed. So, you know, dying to sin and living for righteousness, he, we can only do that because of what he did for us by dying. He bore our sins in his physical body on a tree, you know, on a cross. So um, I just, that fits that perfect, you know, what you're saying. I think the misunderstanding of the kingdom is really at the core of a a lot of this. I really do believe that. I think that when you understand, and it does touch on eschatology a little bit, um, but when you do understand the kingdom and the principle of the kingdom that God was establishing and offering to the Jewish people first and how they rejected it, how God is not done with the Jewish people, that they were the chosen generation, the chosen people for him to work through, uh, that he's going to finish his work, that the promises that he gave to Abraham were, and this is this all ties into the kingdom. That's why I'm saying this. Like, like you know, he promised Abraham land and descendants. That was the basics of his covenant with him. He says, "I'm going to give you land," and he it's this huge portion of land, and I'm going to give you descendants as many as the stars. You can't even count the stars. You know, you, you know the, you know, and so, you know, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob. You know, th- these are the the progenitors of the faith they they're the ones that are that we get the 12 tribes out of and then Israel becomes this nation born out of a, a pagan out of Abraham but they still haven't fulfilled like they still, still haven't realized their promises they haven't realized that landmass they they still don't have the other promises that there's going to be a king that's going to sit on David's throne for all eternity they don't have that promise fulfilled um so i think that what's going to happen is the millennial reign is going to see the fulfillment of those promises that were way back in Genesis. They're going to be fulfilled in, at the end of in the millennial reign. And so when Jesus talks about the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven in other places, it's representative of, I believe, that millennial reign. I really do believe that. We have, we have the aspects of it in our life because the Holy Spirit, right? The Holy Spirit's from the kingdom he represents the kingdom he has he's gonna you know the holy spirit's gonna convict our hearts according to sin judgment and righteousness well that's all kingdom stuff you know 
and uh, Jesus will be the king of that kingdom. And so when Jesus would tell the Jewish people to repent, you know, during his ministry time, that word repent was in reference to what they believed of him. (laughs) You know what I mean? And when they rejected him as Messiah and they outright said, no, you're not. And they basically attributed his miracles to Satan. That's when he stopped and he was like, done. Okay. It's not, you're not going to get the kingdom. If they would have received him back then, he, he would have established his, he could have established his kingdom on earth the way he wanted to, uh, the way it's going to be. But because they rejected him, uh, he did not do that, you know? And so it's going to happen because it's been promised and it's going to happen at the end of days. And because they were hardened in heart, God opened up the door for the Gentiles to come in. And so we're, you know, <coughs> praise, praise God. They were, yeah, I was going to say that. Yeah. They were, thank you for rejecting him uh, and giving me an opportunity to be in the kingdom. You know what but I mean? That was part of God's will though. I yeah. mean, if you look at the Septuagint, it's even mirrored in the, in the old Testament that the Gentiles would eventually be, grafted in. I mean, even look at a pre-incarnate Christ and, and, and the hell's the deck. Um, and, yeah. and, you know, Romans as well, you know, talking about that, you know, we're, we're, um, brothers forever and ever in the priesthood of Melchizedek, mm-hmm. uh, which is Jesus Christ. Um, so, you know, it's, it, 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 the Jews were always going to, and you can look like we, you know, we discussed like Isaiah of how God was pretty much done with their sacrifices because their hearts were not in it anymore. They didn't have the faith. Right. You know, um, and not to say that there wasn't a remnant. There was always a remnant. There always has been a remnant. And there always will be a remnant. Um, but, you know, they've gotten to the point where, you know, they were always going to reject Jesus. Jesus was always going to, you know, bring his ministry to the Gentiles. God was always going to open up a way for the Gentiles to be redeemed. Yeah. Um, and, and, and just as such, because God has to keep also the original covenant too, the Abrahamic covenant, there will be a time in the book of Revelation of the true Jews, the remnant of Jews that have remained belief in God the Father, uh, not the synagogue of Satan, they will be redeemed. They will bow yeah. to Jesus um, and accept him as Messiah. Um, and and, and that, that, that will happen. Um, so it's, it's, it's interesting. I mean, we can argue all day long about eschatology, right. Or argue all day long about, uh, you know, archetypes, uh, within the Bible. Um, but I mean, in reality, it's, we're all as brothers and sisters in Christ, if you are saved, looking to that day that we can rejoice, uh, that, 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 that Jesus Christ has returned. Yeah. Yeah. And it's all the same. It's the same. It's the same door. Everyone has to go through the same door, and it's Jesus to get to heaven. Mm-hmm. Everyone, Jew or Gentile, and that's the beauty of it. You know, that's you know <laughs> what it takes for John to get to heaven is it takes for Turner to get to heaven, and it's to trust in Jesus, or to take some Jew living in Israel that may despise Christ right now. It takes the same trust in the Lord, the same belief you know, that he died for their sins uh, to enter heaven. And, you know, the, the Bible is pretty clear. It says they're going to look upon the one whom they pierced. You know, they're going to see him uh, in his resurrected state. And they're going to, 
I think it's uh, I think that's out of Hosea. I'm not positive, but it's an or Zechariah, where he says they'll look upon the one whom they pierced, and they'll know at that time. Oh man, we were, we were wrong, we were wrong, and uh, you know, I I heard a preacher say sometimes it takes the Jewish nation a couple times to get it right. <laughs> they don't always get it right the first time, you know. And if you look at Abraham, who's the father of faith, right? Here's this guy. He's the guy, you know, that we hold up. Like everyone, this is, he's the one, the originator of trusting God. Um, You know, look at his life. It wasn't really glamorous. I mean, he, he delayed obeying God, according to Stephen's account in Acts, when he talks about him. He he was supposed to leave his family and go to the place where God was going to show him, but he waited for his father to die so he could bury him. Uh, He lies about his wife a couple times. (laughs) <laughs> to Pharaoh or, you know, to the, to the king of Egypt and, uh, to, so he can get out of trouble. You know, he wasn't like this stellar dude, you know, he, he actually, it, it's, it's actually should be encouraging for us. You know, as we talk about our fight and our struggle to live for God here, it should be encouraging to us to know that God still used somebody who's still made a boatload of mistakes. You know, it wasn't a, wasn't somebody that we, that we might in our mind. Now we romanticize when we read the Bible a lot, but you got to really read it for what it is when you read it for what it says and all. (laughs) Well, I mean, kind of going back to like a discussion we had, what we were just talking about before, like we were talking about even all these great, uh, pillars of faith. Yeah. So this is kind of a, also a question because I was thinking about this. Is, is there anybody else in the Bible who is held up in not even maybe to the same esteem that we send up Abraham? But I was just thinking, like, we were talking about David was still, you know, he obviously sinned and all this stuff. And, you know, that should give us encouragement because these were real people. You know, they're yeah. still that. I was going to say, is there anyone else in the Bible that, like, Ezekiel or Isaiah doesn't Mo- talk probably about Moses. Them? Moses is probably the most... I would say Moses is probably the second most outside of Jesus uh, esteemed in the Bible, but he still murdered somebody. Yeah, <laughs> you know, and he tried to he tried to beat God to the will by mm-hmm. forcing himself into being a leader over Israel, trying to set him free. Yeah, same uh, forty was, years early. Yeah, but Noah. I mean, everyone like yeah, Noah, literally all the people that yeah, they were all messed up. Cause, Jonah, yeah, because the minute that the minute that Adam and Eve did what they did. They set humanity on a trajectory that it would never be able to to line up. So <laughs> we're all we're all doomed from the birth. That's mm-hmm. what we're told, you know. So, but you know, we all we all, we all eventually die. You know, yeah. we do. Yeah, unless the, the rapture sin, comes. The waging of sin or death. You know. Yes. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. Unless that rapture comes, then we don't yeah. we don't taste death. There'll be a generation <laughs> that won't taste death. <laughs> Yeah, that's true. It's it's it, it's. But they'll be I changed. Mean, what was there was there, okay? So I, one thing, one I guess going off a side tangent real quick is one thing I've also noticed in the Bible too, is the figures in the Bible that took more than one wife. Yeah. David, Solomon, you know, you mean kings among others. Yeah. It usually never ended well. <laughs> no, you're right. It usually never ended well. 
But those that it's ambiguous to whether they did or not, or those that seem to hmm. be chased, or those that you know at least was man or one wife that we know of is really talking about. Um, who did Ruth end up getting with? Was it Boaz? Yeah, she was with Boaz. So it so it seemed like they were maybe a monogamous married couple. We really don't know, but you know there are a good um, representation of a married couple within the Bible that may or may not have been monogamous, okay? Yeah. So, Joseph and Mary. Seems, <laughs> yeah, Joseph and Mary too as well. Um, so it seems to be when that happened, you know, as Jesus, you know, pretty much alluded to monogamy, you know, some people say monogamy comes from the church and wasn't talked about in the Bible, but I disagree. Yeah. Um, it does seem to be that the people that decided to have multiple partners tend to eventually end up taking in some yoking with people that did not have the same beliefs. Oh yeah. Um, and I mean, that's eventually what led to Solomon. Yeah. That was his downfall. Yeah. yeah. It's always the women. With pagan wives. <laughs> yeah. It's always the women from the start. I'm that. But I'm, it's we're, all not, your we're, fault. Not a, we're not becoming MGTOW. No. <laughs> <laughs> no. But, but, but a lot of it was the lust of men that end up being, yeah, I mean, look at David and Bathsheba. Right. You know? David had seven um, wives. A lot of people don't realize that. Yeah. Yeah, and, and so it, it's just again you see these typologies, and let me let me ask you guys this: many Christians, when they read the Bible, not to say that there aren't parts of the Bible that are applicable to our lives directly, okay? But many people, when they read the Bible, they always insert themselves directly as being this person in the Bible or this person in the Bible or right, this person yeah. in the Bible. But however, if you actually read the Bible earnestly in the way that God has, you know, presented it to us, the Bible is about Jesus and God the Father. It's about the kingdom. Yeah. It's not, you know, it's not about us. Mm-hmm. We're not a central figure with the Bible. All right. And a lot of people forget that. They do. And they put themselves in the place. You're right. So many times. They're reading about an individual or a story, and they're like, oh, okay, I can see myself in that. Or how does this, like, what in my life relates to what's going through, going on with this person? Which is okay to do that at some level. I'm not saying it's not. Right. But I'm saying you can't completely. Right. That's the extent. That. That's the extent of a lot of believers' Bible relationship mm-hmm. is how, what is this, how do I see myself in this story? which is so great. It's such a great observation that you'd say that, John, because that is so tragic when you, because you have to understand the whole narrative, what's going on in the story. And it's just, it's like, uh, it's just very, yeah, it's just dangerous. It's, it can be really dangerous if we're not very careful when we do that, we're mm. reading the Bible that way. Yeah. I, I don't know if this is even <clears throat> on topic, but like the first thing that came to my head when you were asking that was um, like Heiser always talks about this is like um, we're, we're not supposed to, yeah, we're obviously not supposed to read it that way. And like he, uh, like he even points out again that like in God's sovereignty, he chose like a particular group of people to write the Bible. So like he chose the authors Mm 
during the times that he that these people were living and like you know what i mean like yeah so there's things in there that um I mean, obviously, you know, like stuff in the book of number, you know, like the, I don't want to say that doesn't apply to us, uh, but it's like y- we can't read it with uh, like especially Western American, you know, uh, culturized, culturized yeah. <laughs> eyes. Right. Yeah. Like there's some you're supposed to read it um, like, you know, it, I don't know, like, you know, well, I, I, will, I think we can get too caught up. I will in say both in, ways. in the like, Old Testament it's dangerous to do that in the new testament you have the gospels and the epistles and the epistles are elaborating on everything that jesus taught the, the apostles yeah so it's okay to apply that to your life yeah yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know it's okay to put yourself in that spot because I, it's paul peter jude john james it's they're elaborating on the things that god that Jesus spoke to them, mm-hmm. you know, he says in the great commission, you know, baptize them in the name of the father, son, and Holy spirit, reminding them of everything I've told you, you know? So there's this, this emphasis on teaching and learning, um, the things that Jesus taught them. And so the epistles are going to flesh that out for us. You know, that's why the book of Ephesians has whole section on husbands and wives and children and how they relate to one another and the church. You know, he talks about the church at the beginning part of the book, and he talks about spiritual warfare at the end of the book. You know, it's like one of those great books that kind of is ap- it's applicable for a believer. Mm-hmm. You know, so I think it's okay in the New Testament in a big way to say, okay, how do I see myself in this when he's talking about a certain aspect of Christian living? Yeah, I mean, it's almost kind of poetic in the, <laughs> in the way you've said that. In, in the sense of kind of like the whole thing we were talking about like dominionism and uh the 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 stuff about sin is that it's uh, none of this is uh i want to say aside from how we started off with like there is something uh maybe i'm going on a weird rabbit trail um never mind i was gonna say (laughs) i was gonna say because it's not all black and white except for it is black and white with some stuff but i was gonna say it's just because like you're not supposed to place yourself in the idea of like oh you know i'm a you know as matt chandler said you're not david you know like this stuff don't think that you're dave you know you're not you're not right um you know all these things in the same way you you don't just discount the whole bible so i was going to say it's kind of poetic in the way of just you know we're talking about well i can't do anything to you know practically in my career to advance the kingdom or whatever this thing so it doesn't mean you just don't try or just because you will always sin doesn't mean you don't fight where you can right against sin just in the same way of you know you don't apply you know i like how you said it with the the new the new testament you do equip yourself and te- learn from it so i just want to say it's kind of that same thing of just because you don't apply everything directly and it, the Bible's not about you and you're not the main character, you know, you're not any character in it really. Right. Um, that doesn't mean that you completely discount all this stuff and it's all allegorical and you don't take practical things from it. Like there's also practical teachings that you do apply to your life. Um, yeah. So there, it, there yeah. is instruction in the same way. So it's always yeah. this kind of, 
you don't take everything you know in that kind of way that's what yeah. i meant by it's kind of poetic in the same way of yet another thing that we don't completely discount everything just because it doesn't apply in this way like, you, right yeah you know, there's nuance yeah yeah so um i i want to totally different <coughs> take the last couple minutes here totally different subject for a second and john i'm interested on your take on this i saw you had a tweet about transhumanism <laughs> and uh, AI. Yeah. And so, and first of all, great conversation on, at the front end of this podcast. That was awesome. Oh. It was really great stuff. I was really enjoying yeah, what we were talking about there. But uh, so as we change gears here, <laughs> I just want the listener to be, okay, cool. They're going to talk about something a little bit different. All right. So Rosie, I already asked you this. Mm -hmm. My wife and I watched uh, WandaVision. We watched all of the eight or nine episodes for the, the season on Disney plus, uh, app. I, I don't watch a lot of Marvel stuff. So I was like, uh, eh, but we were bored. We were looking for something to watch. We decided to go ahead and watch it. So we watched it. And, um, and what I liked about it was that it was very creative in, in the beginning of it, it was extremely creative and it was very family friendly. Um, this Wanda, you know, she's one of the characters from the Marvel image. Anyway, she, every episode was like a different era of sitcom television. So it started off like way back in the black and white, you know, the, the soup, like the, the husband and wife slept in separate beds and mm -hmm. you know, all that stuff. And as you, every episode, it would move forward a little bit. So then at one episode, like a couple in, like three episodes in, it was like the Brady bunch, like that style of, you know, and they did the music like it and the whole, they dressed like it, the, the filming of the, episode was a lot like I really enjoyed that creativity especially when they got into the 80s where my childhood was and I I, you know, I remember watching the Brady Bunch and stuff when I was a little kid but um you get to the last episode second to last episode in the last episode and it turns really really dark and there's two things that happened in in this program that really bothered me one is that there's this woman's Wanda's husband or whatever lover husband i don't know if they could be married he's it's this guy vision from marvel who was the ai for tony stark's um suit the iron man suit i think is, is it like the the red and blue thing weird guy yeah he's like red oh, okay, red okay, face okay. he has the, he's an ai spinoff from ultron there you go okay yes so he's an ai so what you're seeing is this uh love affair <laughs> with an ai so when you talk about transhumanism, I know, uh, so for me, I think when I think of transhumanism, I don't think of it like back in Genesis where they were like mixing animals and, you know, people and you get centaurs and stuff. Mm. I think, I think of the modern transhumanism where it's like we're mixing technology with human humanity and what they actually had kids mm. in this thing. And it was through her imagination and all this stuff. So it's, it gets kind of technical and it's, and I don't have time to go into it all, but I saw a definite um, kind of like trying to, it was like programming of AI is good. It's going to help you. It's, you know, this transhumanist mindset is, it's actually acceptable. Like you can have a, you can have a good full life, like this you know what i mean well can i tell you something sure i might be willing to sign up for an ai cutie uh waifu <laughs> if she won't cause me to sin and turn into an evil man like everyone else in the bible that women are always no, an issue no, 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 no. <laughs> i'm just no. kidding i'm just kidding 
<laughs> the, the sin is within you. It's not because of someone else. It's within you. Uh, I just want to say, because I know you're co-streaming this. Yeah. Uh, just anyone out there, I'm I'm not like some MGTOW incel. These are just jokes. I was gonna <laughs> we say, know you're not. We know you're not. Okay? We know you're not. Uh, um, I'm sorry. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Dude, the, the, the We've Read Documents uh, group, they're awesome. They, they know you. They're not. They get it. They get the jokes. <laughs> They're tagged. Um, they're falling on. So, did you see it? Did you watch it, John? The the. Yes, okay. I watched one of Vision. I'm not a fan of Marvel. I'm more of a DC guy. But Me too. Me too. Same thing. I was like, it's on TV. Why not? You yeah. know. And I'm not gonna spoil it. I mean, I enjoyed it until the end. I'm not gonna give the end away. It kind of. Oh, I'll give it away. I don't mind giving it away. No, 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 no spoilers. I don't no mind. Spoilers. No spoilers. Not on but his. He, not on his stream. You have to remember this. Uh, people, people haven't watched it yet. It's come on. There. Well, that's their fault. No. Um, it did take a dark turn. Yeah. And I saw a mixture. I think of, it went on a little. I think it went on a little too long. Yeah. There was a cult and and AI transhumanism all mixed up into this big jumble of of a couple episodes there. And I was just like, it was so blatant to me when I was watching it. I was like, I can't believe this is. Ha and, you know, people that aren't in tune with that kind of stuff, they'll watch it and it'll go right over their head. Yeah. It just goes right over. They don't. They're like, oh, it's a it's a it's a little bit of a cult darkness. Oh, it's um, it's an A.I. that's in love with a human. OK, that a human's in love with it. You know, oh, OK, it's it's cute, though. It's funny. They they have a they have a good working relationship, <laughs> right? And yeah, yeah. So I just think it's setting something up. That's my whole something. It's it's a programming thing to to get people to be okay with this kind of weird stuff. You know, I didn't want to do a whole episode on Wandavision, but I wanted to talk about because I just watched it today and it was it's been on my mind all day. You know. So the whole witchcraft element, normal, normalizing that, normalizing yes. transhumanism. Yes. Um, did you? I mean, that, that was a big part. Did you watch the, part of it? The very end. You know how they always throw in like the little. The, what do they call them? Yes. At the very, very end, like um. Did yes. You, did you see the very, very, very end one with the cabin yeah. and in? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, it's it just went dark, and it went Disney dark, which is not cool. <laughs> No, it's not. Um, I mean, I, I thought it was okay. I mean, I, I don't know. Like, I think that that the invaneration in, in of science um, is kind of like a modern mystery school. It's all part yeah, of the old yeah. time religion, right? Yeah. All, all of it is. Um, you know, and so that you've you've always tried to put lipstick on a pig, right? So, you know, so you have the worship of Satan and. Ball and Moloch within the Old Testament, and then you have, excuse me, you have um, uh, the, the worship of oneself, um, which which kind of you know spawns, and then you see you have the different religions uh, of of the world that that is separate from you know Judaism, which with Judaism talking about belief in the Torah and not venerating the Talmud or not venerating the Kabbalah. Yeah. Which is Jewish mysticism, true Judaism, um, and then you, you have Christianity. Of course, you have corruption with the Christianity too, as well uh, that many people were aware of. Uh, so, but it's always been kind of this battle between uh, beliefs in God the Father and Jesus, and belief in Satan. 
which even belief in Satan to the spirit of rebellion could it be a belief in oneself? Because you have LeVay Satanists, um, you have LeVay Satanists that, 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 that LARP, that they're Satanists, but they kind of are just edge Lord atheists. Yeah. Okay. Right. Yeah. Yeah. And then you have true Satanists who worship Satan and do sacrifices and horrible things in his name and blah, 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 blah. All right. So you have kind of like that old time religion that, you know, it's gone from Gnosticism to theosophy yeah. to, um, you know, I'm probably Sabbatianism, Frankism, you know, like I'm like, mm-hmm. you can goes by many names, but it's always been the same. All right. So it's, it pretty much goes down to, do you worship? Cause Satan always wanted us to worship ourselves. All right. Uh, you could be God. Okay. Worship yourselves and worship me instead of worshiping God, the father. And so that's what it ends up, you know, pretty much if you try to simplify it, that's what it is. is those who worship God, the father, those who, um, those who worship God, the father, those who um, worship themselves or worship demons or Satan or false gods or, or whomever. Okay. So, and it's sad because transhumanism is just the next level of that. Right. Scientist, scientism is just the next level of that. And it's, it's very, it's very sad. Yeah. Because, it's like, you know, I might raise an eyebrow just as I think you guys would if, if that, yes, the, you know, the, the ancient scientists, you know, at least claim that they believe in God the Father or at least claim that they were Christian. Whether or not they were or not, we really don't know. Mm-hmm. Okay. But they at least, there was some stance of a belief in God in science. Yeah. Where now that has completely been removed. Yeah. And all you're left with is this new religion of people who claim that they're atheists, that they don't believe in God. And not every person who's the science who believes the science is a, is an atheist. Don't get me wrong. Right. Okay. There right. are plenty of Bible believing Christians that somehow forget the, you know, put science sadly above the Bible in a lot of ways. Okay. And not to say that there can't be a mixture of word of, of, of worldly understanding. Uh, you know, uh, which science is combined with the Bible. You know, it's science is just man's way of trying to explain the natural world. Right. Not to say there isn't some truth in that, but there's a lot of flaws in that too as well, where there's not any within the Bible. Yeah. Okay. So, or at least within the representation of the whole of the Bible, of course there's mistranslations and everything, but the, the representation of the gospel um, and, and God, which is objective truth. So, it's just it's just another way. It's another way of of humans, you know, trying to be little gods. Yeah. Do you um? So I I fall under the belief that the Genesis six, you know, when the 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 angels and the fallen angels and the women of men, you know, they had sex and they created the Nephilim breed, was a that was a half breed. Un they were unsavable. They didn't have a soul from God, so they were unsavable. And um, I don't know if you're reading, you said you were reading Heiser recently, and he, this is what he talks about in his book, Demons, when talking about the origin of demons, basically the disembodied souls of the Nephilim. But 
what it was was it was an attempt to corrupt humanity to so that they could be unredeemable and also to stamp out the possibility of Jesus coming through because they knew the promise of Eve that eventually, you know, through her seed was going to be the one who would crush his head, being Satan, um, that they were trying to stop, stomp out the possibility of Jesus coming, being born of a man and coming to earth if, if, if mankind wasn't redeemable. If the whole race wasn't redeemable, like you're, corrupting the race. They were, genetically, they were trying to modify humans. That's what you're right. saying. Yeah, they were modifying them because we had yeah. Nephilim. But but I'm wondering if, if transhumanism <clears throat> isn't going to bring us to that same point where we can extract someone's conscience and put it into something else, you know, and, and say we can live forever now. Yeah, well, I was going to say one of the things, uh, I don't know if you saw this, I'm trying to bring up... Uh, I'm sure you're aware of this, John, but this was like something, this is just crazy. Like a perfect example of this is, so you have the Moderna vaccine right now. Yeah. And on their website, if you go to like the Moderna thing about it, they literally call, there's one section where they talk about, uh, because this is the mRNA version of the vaccine where it does all that stuff on a genetic level. Yeah. And they actually refer to the the first section they're like with this technology so they don't think of it as just merely the single vaccine this is just like the first use case on a large scale that they can where they didn't sure. have to go through all the fda approvals right right <laughs> well i think that and john can correct me if I'm wrong I, after the i was gonna say I, i'm sure that this technology has existed for quite a while but this is like they're actually getting the green light to use it on humans yeah it's so the first time it's had an emergency use authorization yet but there's right. another RNA vaccines, mRNA vaccines in development, like before Ebola, for example. Yeah. yeah. But anyway, so on the website, it, it says they talk about it as this is just a first. We're going to be able to cure so much stuff, right? So they're setting it up as this is like a new technology. And they literally call it an operating system. Oh, my gosh. So they, they say this as their thing. Uh, I'll just read the, this quote up here. It says, our operating system on the, the Moderna vaccine their own page recognizing the broad potential of mrna science we set out to create an mrna technology platform that functions very much like an operating system on a computer it is designed so it can plug and play interchangeably with different programs in our case plug and play wow the program or app in quotes both those are in quotes is an mrna drug the unique mrna sequence that codes for the for a protein so they're talking about right here, this is like, that's transhumanism. They're trying to operating system. And I was going to tie this back in is this is one of those things where I, I don't know. I don't think this is, might be the mark of the beast. I'm not going to go that far, but I will say it's, it begs the question of like, so if you get this vaccine, you will become a GMO. You are a genetically modified <laughs> organism right? by definition. Cause you're, genetically modifying yourself and you are putting in that you are installing this operating system right and the thing about operating systems or apps and programs is that there is inherently like it's presupposed that there is an architect behind it right someone has to create the platform someone creates the operating system there is a programmer behind it right so i was going to say this is a, a pretty clear-cut evidence like here you go people this is what they're doing that we're, we're gone it's that not only that, but you're turning, like you're letting 
a literal different program. So God created us. He programmed us. And now we're allowing some other human programmers, uh, maybe maybe there's something else we have going like on. A, we have like to, a, 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 hu- a God-given, uh, you know, uh, system in our body to fight viruses and yeah. sickness, you know? Like, yeah, but, yeah, so I'm just saying, like, right. this is a good example of, it's not even blatant. They're saying, right. we're going to put this operating system in, and God didn't design this operating system, and God ain't the one that's programming this operating system right. that we're injecting into ourselves. Right. I was going to say, this is... I don't know. So, I don't would know. you suggest getting the Moderna? No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> yes, I already did. I got. I went oh, you in. Had, you have your two and shots. I, was, I got both arms out, and I was like, "I want six shots in each arm, baby." <laughs> I want to become vision. It's like I've seen those corn cobs. They went from real little to really big. I want big old biceps, baby. I want ten shots while we're at it. Go ahead, right? Yeah, my exactly. Car, right. <laughs> this is how. This is how we get. Uh, if we're talking about Marvel. This is how we get X Men. So I'm gonna be an X Men. <laughs> right. Yeah. I'm exactly. ready for it, man. They're just preparing us. We're going to have a whole world of superheroes and, and zombies later. Yeah. It's going to be great. And th- Hopefully I'm dead by then. I don't want to see that. No. it's Yeah. I'm Yeah. I'm holding out for the rapture. Anyways. John, it's been awesome, man. I can tell you're starting to yeah. get tired, man. You're fading. I'm tired. I, I'm getting tired. Uh, we yeah. should definitely do this again. I need to have you guys back on. We've read the documents, and uh, a lot of people were enjoying it. And I'm glad we got to have this discussion. I don't even know if we really got to really care. <laughs> what we initially set out to talk about and begin with, I guess we did, right? It was good. Uh, it, it's God, always God good. God led the conversation where we had to go. That's what we prayed for, right? That's right. We prayed for that. Yeah. yeah. Plus, it's been fun watching you on the Zoom call here with your cat just jumping up in front of the camera all the time. Yeah, so. sorry. As a cat, there was a street back in December. We found a cat in my neighbor's yard that was freezing to death. Aww. And uh, we took him in. And then uh, we gave them back. There was a teenage girl that was in the neighborhood that was missing her cat. And then like a month or so later, she was like, I don't want the cat anymore. <laughs> so we, we took the cat into the shed. And he's been living here because we had to get him fixed because we have other shed. cats in the house. Mm. And that can cause a problem. Mm-hmm. And then and, 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 and we finally got him fixed. But trying to get him acclimated in the house has been rather difficult. Uh, because he wants to be dominant. We're going to have to get one of those mm. thunder vests mm. that you uh, yeah. put on the cat to try to get them to calm down. To, to, but um, <laughs> I was going to say, yeah, my, that's the shed cat right now. So I yeah. keep it warm in here. I keep them food, you know. Uh, I was going to say, cool. I, wish, I wish I had that problem with my cats. My cats literally don't give any craps about, like, I, I could... They could be on fire, and the cats would not care at all. They could be on fire, and they're like, dude, I don't even care, man. Like, I am so lazy, and I don't care about you. I'm just going to die. They're ready for it. My cats are not dominant at all. Uh, Yeah. I'm a dog guy, so there's that. Anyways, Uh, man. Well, John, thanks for joining us, and we will, again, at, you know, sometime come back on with you and you come back on with us it's always cool and hey everyone on reread the documents man thanks for hanging in there with us tonight we really we really love you guys and appreciate you yes and thank uh, you thank you guys for having me back on all out war it's been a, pre- a pleasure rosie and turner and i've enjoyed the, the discussion with you guys fellow brothers in christ and uh yeah keep on man these are troubled times but god will always see us through amen yeah. amen and uh we'll catch you up here sometime when you come up and, and put into town all right, brother. Have a great one, man. Be blessed. We'll see you, man. Everyone else, you guys have a wonderful day. 
and we will catch you next time on All Out War. See ya. See ya.